The mountains treated me a lot better than he did, just because the mountains didn't care what I did. They didn't criticize where I looked like, my hair, my clothing, my university choices. I was just, I was able to be there and that was okay. I'm Leah Fallon, and this is Wander by Proxy, where you'll hear women's travel stories that connect them more to themselves and the world around them. Maddie Brown graduated college and broke up with her boyfriend one day and hopped on a plane to Montana the next, where she'd be spending the summer dude ranching. Don't know what dude ranching is? I didn't either. Here's Maddie. I was going to community college in the suburbs of Minneapolis, and then I was going to transfer to the University of Minnesota. And I was dating my then partner at the time, and he wasn't really supportive of any of my decisions. And the relationship was just kind of coming to an end. And so we were arguing, and I decided to kind of spite him, and I lied. And I said, hey, I applied to this um, seasonal job out in Montana, which was a total lie. But I had been told about it via my aunt, who 30 years ago had actually worked at the same place. And I always thought it was a cool idea, but he was like, oh, well, that's too far away. It's long distance. I don't want to do long distance. And because I wanted to be with him, you know, I kind of put it to the side. But at the end of our relationship, I was like, you know what? I'm going to spite you, even though I haven't applied for it yet. I'm going to lie and, you know, kind of be, I guess, a little rude to him. And we eventually did break up. And so then I was like, well, might as well apply for it because I said I was going to do it. I don't know if it'll actually happen, but, you know, what what do I have to lose? And so I actually did did get accepted for the job, and I graduated from my community college one day, and I left the next. And so I took the Amtrak from Minneapolis all the way to Whitefish, Montana, which is in the north area of the Flathead Valley. My aunt and my uncle came and picked me up, got all my suitcases from the train, and they brought me to their home, which is also in the valley. And yeah, the next day they dropped me off at the dude ranch. <laughs> like it was, it was a very quick turnaround. A lot of big events were happening. And that's when I decided I wanted to leave as soon as possible, as soon as I could. So yeah, pretty much graduated one day and then left the next. I'm not going to lie. I love the spite part of this. Can you explain to me what a dude ranch is like? So a dude ranch is kind of like a, I guess the best way to describe it is like a Western resort. So people from all over the country and all over the world can come to it and they can get kind of a quote unquote Western experience. So that could be like riding horses, having bonfires, like imagine a resort, but put a cowboy hat on it, I guess would be the best way to describe it. So I finally decided, I was like, you know what, might as well, and just kind of took the leap. I had no idea what I was getting into. So I actually got there a few days early, and it seemed like all the other um, employees that I had first met knew each other already, so they already had a friendship going, and I was new to the crowd. And so that was probably really hard. I think there was definitely an adjustment period. There was actually a huge culture shock for me. I worked in housekeeping just because I didn't know what else I would want to do. I didn't know anybody really at first, like I said, because all my roommates came a little bit later. But it definitely, it turned around like after two weeks. I was actually in my room being all lonely and sad and upset. I'm like, oh, this is not going the way I thought it was going to go. And I was, you know, talking to my mom about it. And she's like, well, just go outside. Go outside and see where the staff are and just immerse yourself. And I'm like, no, that's weird. Who who would do that? She's like, no, just get out there. I'm like, whatever, fine. 
So I hung up on her and I could hear there was like commotion outside the dorms and the storms were right next to the stables and like the arena. And so I walked out and they were watching some of the boys um, practice rope. And so I just sat down and I watched them with these other people and introduced myself and was like, hi, (laughs) my name is Maddie. And I mean, we started chatting and talking and it was actually going well. And once the guys were done practicing, they were like, hey, want to go get ice cream with us? And I was like, sure, of course. And one thing led to the to another and I actually got to go up to the house where the other staff stayed and I got to stay there and have a bonfire with them. And I mean, you can see from the house, you could see the lake that we were sitting on. It's called Flathead Lake. And then you could see the sun setting and the stars. I mean, it was just like this crazy, like, oh, okay. This is, it's going to be okay. You know, these people are also away from their homes. Yes, they know each other, but you're still in it together for the seasonal job. People were just starting to arrive. I hadn't even met the entire staff yet. And so that was a really big training experience because it made it easier once you kind of had a base. And luckily for my first year working there, I feel like I had a really great group of supportive girls that were like, you know, we'll we'll be your friends. Like, you seem really great. We're going to take you out. We're going to go hiking and let's go do stuff. So that was definitely a turning point is just kind of truly had to throw myself out there and be like, okay, I'm going to become your friend. I'm going to force you to become my friend in kind of a funny way. I'm so glad that the first step of bravery paid off for you. I'm sure that's a hurdle most travelers have to jump over at first until it just becomes normal and natural to talk to strangers. So what happened that summer that stood out to you? I think that first summer, I mean, like everyone says the first summer is magical because it's new. It's fun. You get to meet all these people all around the United States and the world. But looking back, I think my first summer, it really stood out to me. I was in the dorms. And we had barn dance every Thursday. And so me and my friend were drinking before barn dance. And I get a text from my ex-partner. And he would sometimes text me throughout. I call it breadcrumbing. He likes to make sure that I still know that he's there. So he likes to send me silly questions or say, hey. But this text, he said, hey, how are the mountains treating you? And my friend, who was drunk, spat out. She's like, better than he ever treated you. And I, I'm like, and I laughed along with her at that, but looking back and I'm like, you know, it, the, the mountains did treat me a lot better than he did. He was very close-minded and didn't like to do new things. I never went camping before I went to this um, dude ranch ever, never really been hiking either. And we never went to like explore new opportunities. We, we never like broadened our horizons, like when we were dating. And looking back, I mean, I really broadened my horizons that first summer because I tried all these different things and I didn't have a critic on my shoulder saying, well, you shouldn't do that because of this or you shouldn't do this because of that. Like, I had this freedom of not being talked down to like as a child and just meeting these wonderful people who are so open to doing anything. I mean, we went whitewater rafting, we went hiking, we went horseback riding, we learned how to swing dance. Like it was just like this crazy, like there's always a new opportunity for something and people wanted to do it. When I came home, I felt different because I knew what I was capable of and I could learn things and I wasn't the small person who would never leave her town. I was someone who had gotten to the mountains and rode a horse for like the first time in like a decade, which I was so excited about, and got to hike and got to camp for the first time. Like there was just all these opportunities and people and great like instances of 
what a friendship or like what a person should like should be in your life not being so critical and I think that was a huge turning point because I met so many open-minded people from all walks of life and I mean they were there with me too we were all in it together and so having support system for the new and the adventurous like things that we did was probably a huge turning point just because I mean my friend was right the mountains treated me a lot better than he did just because the mountains didn't care what I did they didn't criticize where I look like my hair my clothing my university choices I was just I was able to be there and that was okay I love that. And I think it's really fascinating that you kind of created your own parallel universe for yourself because you forced the hand, you lied, and then all this stuff unraveled. I had to ask Maddie to tell me a hiking story. Here's what she shared. So like I said before, we work six days a week. And so that means you only had one day off. And so you kind of had like your day off buddies, everyone who had the same day off as you and you would go on a hike. And everyone that I had on my day off, they loved to go on hikes. And again, I had really never been hiking before. So the first time we went, I was like, oh my gosh, this is awful. Who wants to do cardio and like climb? Like this is just, I don't want to do this ever again. But when I got back, I realized how good it felt and how good it had been to see all those views. And there's a few times where we had gone somewhat earlier in the summer and Glacier Park was like 45 minutes away from us and so we went to Glacier quite a bit to go on hikes and Glacier weather can be kind of unpredictable so I went on a hike with shorts on and a t-shirt and it ended up snowing on us like late June the wind's going sideways like we get to the lake that we've been dying to see and it's kind of hard to see it's like mm, below freezing and it was so funny because it was such an awful situation, but all we had to do was laugh because we were still in the middle of Glacier and it's snowing and we're just having a blast. Like, and we still made it there. Yes, we were soaked to the bone and freezing, but before the snow hit, we had amazing views and not a soul was around. But I definitely think one of my favorite memories was one of my friends wanted to go camp. And I'm like, okay, I've never been camping before. She's like, oh, well, I have. I'm like, okay, cool, great, let's go. She's like, well, we need backpacks and we need sleeping bags and we need a tent. And so we got to actually borrow quite a few of those things from other people that we knew that we worked with in the dorms. And then we actually had to go to REI and buy a tent. And this was at probably five o'clock at night at this point. And she's like, well, I want to go to this mountain, it, this area, it's called Jewel Basin. Jewel Basin, and it's in the um, National Forest. And so I'm like, okay, well, we better get up there because sun's going to set in like a few hours. And so we have our new tent, we have all of our borrowed things, and I'm like, okay, I guess this is, we're going to go, we're going to, let's go camp. And so where we wanted to go camp, it's called Mountainous. It's one of the summits within Jewel Basin. And it's about... I'd probably say about three miles to get to the top and you have to um, drive up quite a bumpy road just to get to the trailhead and it can be kind of rough in your car. So we get up to the trailhead, put our stuff on, have these huge packs on because we didn't know how to pack at all. They were probably way too big. We had way too much stuff. We get up there and it's like the sun is setting, like it's getting dark. And so we finally like huff it up to the top, set up our camp, and I mean, we're truly the only people up there. And I start to look around 
because it's dark now, and there's like a huge storm surrounding us, except for right above us, which is just stars. And though I could see the lightning strikes, I, could he- I couldn't hear the thunder. So it was far enough away that we were safe. But the fact that just right above us was just the clearest skies, the prettiest stars I've ever seen. And we're like on top of this mountain all by ourselves. I'm like, it's, I'm like oh, this is, is this how camping is all, always is? Because if so, I want in. And we had a bottle of wine up there and we drank that and went to sleep. And in the morning we woke up and we heard footprints or not footprints, we heard footsteps um, outside of our tent. And I'm like, oh my God, there's a bear. Because we're right in the middle of grizzly, black bear, and mountain lion country. So we have like the trifecta of all the predators that want to kill you. And so I'm sitting there in my in my sleeping bag like, oh no. <laughs> and so I quickly nudge my friend. I'm like, hey, do you hear that? And she's like, yep, I hear that. I'm like, okay, well, we should probably look and see what it is. <laughs> and she's like, I don't want to do it. You do it. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll do it. And so I unzip it a little bit and I see the hooves of a mountain goat. (laughs) And there is actually like a small like herd of mountain goats that come up to the summit. They come from the forests every night and they come up to the summit during the day and then they'll retreat back down to the forest for dusk. And so we see like the sea of like mountain goats and like the babies just coming up to like greet us (laughs) on the summit. And as they're doing it, we have like the, like the prettiest sunrise that I've ever seen. And in, I mean, this entire sunrise is like reflecting against the Flathead Valley with these goats. And it's just so beautiful and calm. And I mean, definitely that was like a great moment because it was so last minute and so like on the fly, but it worked out like perfectly. That sounds magical. You painted an amazing picture there. So you're like this new woman, you're about to go back to school. What changes did you make coming back? I felt free. I felt like I could do things that I knew he would be critical of. And that I I think that he was so critical of it because he didn't want me to leave the, the same comfort zone that he was in. I think he's stuck in a very, very small comfort zone. And so by getting out of his comfort zone and mine, like I, I felt like I could tackle the world and for sure I definitely like stumbled trans like transitioning from um, community college to university or like the four-year university Um, but I knew I'm like you know if you can take the train go to Montana not know a soul except for your aunt and survive a summer with a bunch of strangers and housekeep because housekeeping I'll tell you it's hard (laughs) and it can be real bad sometimes I mean, you can, you can do it. And I, um, I've, when I've had some hard times and I kind of will equate it to, well, hiking can be really hard too. And you've still made it to the top nine times out of 10. So I think you can, you can get past whatever, whatever other obstacle you have in your life, whether it be grades or, you know, family issues, like anything I've, I know I can come out on the other side. Yeah. I might have to stop a few times and kind of take a breather like I would on a hike but I can still make it to the top. I can just go a little bit slower than everyone else, and that's okay. That is a perfect metaphor. What do you think is next for you? Oh, there's so many possibilities because it's, I feel, and I've been told this a lot, of, a lot, like a lot, that since I'm single and my debt from school is pretty low, that, I mean, I could truly 
be wherever I want to be. And I did spend this last summer in Oregon, more specifically Central Oregon, and I lived in a cabin in one of the national forests. But it was kind of isolating, and I just decided it probably wasn't for me. So I moved back to the Flathead Valley because I know how much I enjoy it here. And a lot of people are like, well, it's snowy and it's cold. And and I'm like, yeah, I understand that. I'm from Minnesota. Like, it's I totally understand what winter is, and I think I'll be okay. But I really like the small-town feel of it. And there's just – I like the community of people that are around here. And that's, I kind of need to, you know, kick myself to get out there and kind of socialize like I did that first summer and meet those people because currently I'm being a bit of a hermit and like just kind of laying low and taking it easy and I need to get back out there and just make myself go meet those people. Yeah. Are you still in contact with the people you met that first summer? I am. I, (laughs) that's like, it's like the best and the worst thing is meeting people for seasonal jobs because they're so great and you are with them 24 seven. So you get to know them really well. And it's just like, I can't, it's not like a real world, like working like a seasonal job like that, because they're like, I feel like there is no rules. Like it's, you're so on your own time. You're not on the like real world time which is just crazy. But I am in touch with quite a few of them. When I left in October, I actually took a really, really long road trip um, from Montana to Minnesota. And so I went from, stay with me for this one, I did Montana, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Wyoming, Utah, Colorado, and then Nebraska and Iowa. And I met my mom in Wyoming But before that, I spent about 40 hours road tripping by myself. But because I have so many friends that I've made throughout the years working there, I had a place to stay in Washington. I um, camped in in a state park with my friend in Oregon. And then I stayed with one of my friend's families in in Portland, Oregon. And so just the amount of connections that I still have and I still keep has been so cool because I've gotten to explore all these different states with the people that I met just in Montana. And it's cool because I feel somewhat more inspired because I do, that's the nice thing about social media is I get to stay in touch with them and I get to see their adventures. And some of them go from seasonal job to seasonal job. Some did it for a summer or two and are in their careers. And some are just kind of living life the way that they want to. And that's so refreshing and I think, like I said, inspirational to have those people versus a lot of people that I grew up with aren't doing that. They've graduated college, they're engaged, they're having kids, either, you know, or they're in their profession that they want. And I understand that that's like, it's a way of living, but I would have never known about this way different way of living where these people are just living and loving their life. And it may not be the traditional way, but it's the way that suits them best. And I think that's probably one of the coolest things about making friends and staying in touch with um, some of these people that I worked with. Cause I like, I mean, some of them are currently in South America, some are in Africa, some are in Japan. Like they're just like all over, whether they're just traveling or volunteering with like the Peace Corps, you know, they're just spreading themselves out all over the world, which I just think is so cool because my world would be so small without the people that I've met throughout the three years. And like I said, they've really broadened my horizons, each and every one of them in a different way. And I do have a lot of 
like long-term friendships that I have with these people. And I really have really appreciated that. I love that you're inspired to exercise your own power and to choose your own path. And now you're kind of in this limbo stage where you can do anything. And the freedom is probably a little overwhelming. How do you feel about that freedom? Yeah, that you definitely like hit it on the mark. I it's definitely overwhelming like to be done with college, have your degree um and not have any true like anchors because my family my family's always told me they're like wherever you are as long as you're happy like go do it. Like you don't like they're not no one's forcing me to stay anywhere. And so kind of trying to figure out my own path and kind of figure it out, okay, where do I belong in this period of my life? Because where I belong now may be different for where I belong later. And so that can be super overwhelming because I can do anything. Like I can join the Peace Corps, I can join AmeriCorps, or I can try out like a quote unquote adult job. I'll figure it out. And I have some wonderful friends who unfortunately are all across the world, but they're here to support me. And I know that they will have my back no matter the the time zone that they're in. I mean, eventually I'll get to the summit of it. So I'm not too worried about it. Thanks so much for listening to Wander by Proxy. To see more of Maddie's adventures, follow her on Instagram at Maddie C. Brown. For travel inspiration and episode teasers, follow Wander by Proxy on Instagram at Wander by Proxy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.